Light snow and minus 15 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A Canada-made rapid COVID-19 test has been approved by Health Canada. The new test provides results within one hour. Global's Abigail Beeman reports. You may remember the Spartan Cube, a test kit billed as the size of a coffee cup that could deliver results anywhere in about an hour. After much excitement in the spring, it turned out the tests didn't work as well in real-life settings as in the lab, and the company recalled them. Now they have the green light from Health Canada. The federal government, as well as provincial governments in Alberta, Ontario and Quebec, had invested in the tests. The company says it will start shipping the federal kits on back order this coming week and the province's orders within a month. Canada has struggled during this pandemic to get access to things not produced on home soil. Take the vaccine as an example. But Spartan is manufactured in Canada and the company promises to supply Canada first before any international clients. Abigail Beeman, Global News, Ottawa. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. While I am hearing reports of a spun-out vehicle northbound Deerfoot Trail between Memorial Drive and 16th Avenue in the northeast, luckily I'm not seeing any delays due to this right now because we are dealing with that light Sunday morning volume all across the city. And after last night's snowfall, we are dealing with partly covered and slippery roads. Visibility is also down right now, especially on higher elevation roads such as Deerfoot Trail exits like McKnight Boulevard or 17th Ave. A message from Canadian Blood Services, donor centers remain open throughout the pandemic, providing essential products for patients in need. 10,000 appointments to fill this month. Book now, blood.ca. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Tay Yusin. Canada's taxpayers' ombudsperson says his office has seen a steep spike in complaints about the Canada Revenue Agency over the past year. Francois Boileau says the rising volume of complaints show the need for the tax agency to improve services ahead of tax season as many Canadians face a dire financial straits due to the COVID-19 crisis. Boileau is worried the CRA won't be able to meet, uh, to meet response time standards as the calendar ticks closer to what will likely be a complicated tax season. And Alberta recorded a total of 13 additional deaths Saturday, including a woman and a man in their 20s, both in the Calgary zone. Global's Courtney Davidson reports. Two people in their 20s with no known pre-existing conditions added to Alberta's COVID-19 fatality list Saturday. Officials say the man died on January 16th, while the woman's death was recorded January 18th. The province also added 573 new cases of the disease. The active case numbers in the province now sits at 9,727, with 820 new recoveries outweighing the new cases and deaths. Hospitalizations are also down with 676 people currently in hospital, 114 of whom in intensive care. Dr. Dina Hinshaw, Alberta's Chief Medical Officer of Health, said on social media Saturday that even as numbers drop, the province needs to continue to follow health orders to keep them trending downwards. Courtney Davidson, Global News. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Flames play Toronto today at 2 o'clock in the first match of a two-game set. The Flames are coming off two straight wins over the Canucks, while the Leafs have won three out of their last four games. Global News Sky Tracker weather today's high is minus 13 with flurries expected throughout the day. Minus 18 tonight, wind chill minus 21 with a 30% chance of flurries overnight. Tomorrow's high minus 15 with a 60% chance of flurries. 
Right now it's minus 15 at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And looks like we're getting our first little bit of winter coming up for the next couple of weeks. It looks a little bit chillier than what we've had. Like we're going to minus 14, but that's actually only a couple of days till Thursday. And then next Friday, start warming up. But it's a great time to get ready to start organizing your plan for. It's already halfway, like we're already the January 24th. So it's amazing how fast it's going. And uh, so we're going to get ready to start planning your garden. I know seed sales have been um, quite robust. <laughs> They've been busy. A lot of people coming in and getting their seeds early so that way they have them in their grower supplies. And uh, I know we're waiting for one of our containers, and we're all in the same boat somewhat. We're, we're dealing with uh, the COVID backup, dealing with uh, freight and all that stuff. So um, we're, we're seeds from what we understand with the companies that we are dealing with, like with, with, with West coast and Pacific West, we have a very, very good supply and they've, uh, allocated the seeds for us, for our garden center. And, uh, so they've assured us that we have a, we have a really good supply for the, for this season coming up. So um, I know I've seen on the news there last week uh, a couple news stories about uh, seeds shortages again. So um, just to be safe, it's always good to get if you're looking for those some of those sought after. You'll always be able to get carrots and and some of those ones. But if you're looking for certain varieties, some of the smaller or just sort of ones that maybe are a little bit uh, not as relevant or or uh, or uh, I guess available is sort of the thing. I guess I'm trying to say. If you're looking for those ones, you may want to head to the garden centers. And uh, if you see something you're looking for, make sure you get it. And uh, ahead of time, they'll be fine. Just keep them in a cool, dark place. And they'll be fine until you're ready to grow. And uh, and speaking of growing, we're going to have uh, Dwight on. He's going to come on um, around 8 or 9, 10. And we're going to chat about growing cannabis and, tac- and tobacco and uh, so we're going to chat about that. Um, he's just a local recreational grower. He's not a, a professional grower shipping it uh, around the world or anything like that. But uh, he definitely sends me some pictures. He, he definitely knows what he's up to. So he will. Um, he's going to share us his information on growing. And we're going to simplify it. We want to do it with this stuff you can get at your regular garden center. Um, because just like a lot of plants and I follow a few of these Facebook groups and certain things and, and some of the things you see on there, man, sometimes you, I think you can make it too complicated. Um, we got to just keep it simple. You start with a really good soil and, and that's really where it, where it starts. Um, proper watering. It's always better to, Water, let it dry out in between watering, no matter what kind of plants you're dealing with in your house. And that this saves a lot of fungus, a lot of bugs. You're not going to get those fungus. That let it, let it dry out in between waterings, and then uh, you'll be great. And, uh, and proper fertilizer, 
and things like that. So that's something Dwight and I are going to go through just on, if you want to do some cannabis, if you're, if you're interested, um, I do have a small plant that I'm growing and I'm going to experiment with and, uh, and see if I can make it as easy as possible and, uh, and growing and I'll, I'll try and document how that goes. And, uh, I'm not set up. I don't have a grow tent or, or I'm just going to grow it in the house like a regular person and, uh, and see what it goes. I know Dwight has his sap a little bit, um, more advanced. He's doing, he has the, the little grow tent or booth sort of thing with the reflective lights and stuff. I'm going to try and do it just with natural sunshine, a little bit of fertilizer and, uh, and see where it goes. So just, just for interest sake. And, uh, and we'll go from there. Got a, a nice text. Actually, this was from last. No, this from today. Love the show. Richard from Lethbridge. It may be minus 16 out, but my girls are doing well at four degrees inside the greenhouse. That's a little bit chilly. We almost had that like at Spruce. I'm on, I'm on propane. So one of our houses, uh, the propane tank got a little bit low on us the other day. So we got down to five and the propane guy rolled up and uh, filled our tank back up. I'm, which was, we're very grateful. So I've been looking at other things. There's a couple of alerts that you can put onto your propane tanks and uh, different things to make sure that you don't run out of, of fuel. Uh, I wish I had a pipeline going to my store, but I just, uh, we're not quite there yet. We're starting to get the infrastructure and all that uh, put into, into our area. So hopefully within the next bit, I'll have uh, I'll have running water and, uh, and natural gas because right now we have a well, which is awesome. We had it tested a couple of years ago. Some of the best water you can ever have. They uh, when they test it, they go, "He could, you could just bottle this stuff." So it's pretty awesome. So, is Dwight on the line right now? Carolyn, is Dwight on there? Hello. Hi, Dwight. Hi. <laughs> How you doing today? Not too bad. Yourself. I'm doing really good. Um, I haven't I haven't killed the baby you you, you gifted to me, <laughs> yeah. so it's still, it's still alive. Yeah, so, spritz, spritz it once or twice a day. That's till it gets a good root system that it'll feed through the leaves. Yeah, um, and then like I said, I'm gonna try and do it a little bit simpler. I know you you get a little bit more advanced, but I'm gonna try and I'm just gonna do it a little bit. This sort of experimenting like this sort of in the house um i'm not going to add any light i got a big south window facing so i'm just going to see how it does for somebody with you're not going to do any investment really at all just with basic fertilizers and uh and growing that way um so dwight what what's what's the if you're someone wants to get into growing cannabis um first of all um you obviously need the seeds, or you can buy seedlings. I've seen them online a bit. Um, so, what, what's what's the way to go and to get them to germinate the best that you found so far? Like we're just sort of starting on the on the first start. Yeah. Step seed, one. Yeah. Step one is the seeds, and of course, you can. There's lots of varieties, and uh, once you get them, they're you know I think there's a lot of the apprehension that people have is because they're so darn expensive, and. Yeah. Um, like yeah, the seeds to, are like ten dollars each, aren't they, or more? Well, it's sixty-five between sixty-five and eighty-five for five seeds, and then you have to yeah. pay your shipping. Um, so, 
Like if you had to pay $85 or $65 for five carrot seeds, you'd probably want to, <laughs> you'd probably want them to grow. Right. I mean, and big, you oh. want big carrots. Like if you're paying that much money, but absolutely. Uh, yeah. They usually, they, they tell you it's 80% uh, success. So you, if out of the five, you might get three. Um, okay. Or you might even get five. It's hard to say. Um, okay. And how long does it take? And sort of what what's your process on doing that? Uh, okay. I've I've tried different ways. Um, usually, when you get the seeds, they give you a little process. They tell you to soak them for twenty four to forty eight hours in a glass of water, and you know it doesn't matter if they float or sink. And then that softens up the the shell because the shells are quite thick. Yeah. And then they say to put wrap it in paper towel, moist paper towel, um, put it in a saucer, and then cover it up with. I use tin foil to keep the light out, and then put it just in a warm place um, so that they germinate. And then the taproot comes out in about seven to ten days. Okay. And then you plant them in just soil with you know right at the surface, about quarter inch down, with the taproot going downward. Yep. Now, when they come up, you, you should have a humidity dome at least until you get your second or third set of uh, of leaves, and then and then you can stop spritzing inside of the humidity dome to get them used to, you know, just normal conditions. Yeah, you're just trying to climatize them, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. And then you know, when you bring them out, they should get stronger and start to grow. Um, that's basically the only other thing that I thought. Like I've had a bit of success doing it that way um, but because the shells are so thick um, what I do is I cut out a three inch by three inch square of like 200 grit sandpaper yeah and then roll it up so the sandpapers on the inside make a little tube so yeah you can close off the ends with your finger and thumb yeah and just put the seeds inside there and just shake it back and forth for 15, 20 minutes to kind of scratch the surface. Yeah, that's a, it's called scarifying your seeds. And we, there's some yeah. of the perennials and some of the other bigger seeds that you need to, or they recommend that you do it. It helps with um, the germination. Like it sort of breaks it open a bit and, and yeah. softens up the, the shell around the seed. Yeah, so. I've had better success doing that for sure. Uh, okay. A better chance for the taproot to poke out and then yeah. sometimes when they come up it's hard for the little plant to break that shell off and sometimes they'll come up with this like a little hat on their head yeah you got to get in there with a pair of tweezers and, and kind of break the, the husk off because sometimes they won't be able to break it off themselves but, okay uh, yeah i mean it's, they're fussy <coughs> but once they and get going so you let it get like so from the seed tray um, to your first transplant, you kind of you let it get about what an inch or two high. Yeah, about an inch or two, and then it goes, you know, under the like I, when they're in the when they're in the humidity dome, they're getting eighteen six, so eighteen hours of light and six hours of dark. Okay, and then then when they get into their you know the beginnings of their vegetative state, they they go right into the um, eighteen six. So eighteen so, hours of light. Six hours of darkness. Yeah, or you can go 24 hours of light, and that'll keep them in the vegetative state for as long as you like. Okay, and the vegetative state, just uh, for us commoners, um, that's just you're trying to produce growth? Yeah, growth. And then, I mean, once they get to be about two, well, a foot and a half to two feet, you can start pinching off where you're going to get your branching. 
So if you go down maybe three inches or two inches, wherever the, the node is where you can see a split, yeah. uh, if you pinch it or cut it there, then you'll get four new um, sprouts from that. And then as the sprouts grow, you do the same thing, and then you'll get eight and then 16 and so on and so forth. And you're trying to produce a, a shorter plant with a bigger canopy. So the yeah, bigger something. the canopy. Yeah, the bigger the canopy, the more flower buds you're going to get at the top. So it's similar to an orchard if they're growing an apple tree or whatever. Yeah. Um, typically, you'll you know, they try and get them growing a little bit more horizontal, producing more fruit. Obviously, yeah. a little easier to harvest on a tree, but uh, yeah. and that's not going to be the issue with the with a plant. But um, but yeah, so you're just trying to and we do that with tomatoes uh. and a lot of our flowers. You pinch them create more branches and then that's going to give you more fruit um, right. <laughs> for your labor which is which the eventually when you get to the bud the larger your top area is the more flowers it'll produce so if if you've done that pinching and whatnot it gets to be about three or four feet tall um, you can get some soft twine and tie the soft limbs down to the pot okay so, yeah, you pinch the stems with your fingers just to squeeze them a bit, and then they'll actually bend. And then if you tie them down, then you'll get flowers all along the whole stem. As, and then the plant will curve back up, and you'll get the, the main bud on top of the end. Okay. So, and it, and it's doing a bit of reading. You sent me a couple things to look at. Yeah. Um, so, and just look at, they say, like, when you're in your, try to use a high nitrogen during the first part when you're growing in the vegetative state. Right. So something, I guess you could even go like a 30-10-10, and it might be a little bit stronger at the beginning, but you could go half strength to start with, but you're still going to yeah. get that good amount of nitrogen. And again, right. I'm trying to find things that are just on the shelf. So 30-10-10 when you're in the vegetative state. Okay. Um, and what I, I found was the 15-30-15 um, it was a little strong, so I do the half. I, yeah. Half. Okay. And then when you said the nitrogen, um, that hemp sense, it has a tremendous amount of nitrogen in it. So okay. I incorporated that in the vegetative state, like a little bit, like perlite, mixed yeah. it in well, and the plants just turn nice and green, and then they don't get the the tip burn from the from the. Ah, uh, oh, okay. So yeah, and we actually just got another local product made here in Alberta um, from the hemp company. Um, we got some fiber and we got some grow mats and some different things that people are using for microgreens. But it sounds like uh, and the hemp scent. So if you use it as a soil amendment just to your potting soil, it'll add that little bit of a nitrogen compound to your right. soil to help give it that boost with the fit with the fifteen thirty fifteen. Yeah, yeah, and then like I said, the fifteen thirty. Okay. It's at full strength. It seems I get a bit of tip burn, so I get nutrient burn on the tips. Yeah. And when I cut it in half, it just remedied it. And uh, I mean, the only real fertilizer I haven't tried is the twenty twenty twenty. Like the fifteen thirty fifteen uh, works really well, and the hemp scent seems to give it that nitrogen boost that it needs during that. Oh, okay. And then, uh, of course, when it's in flower, I use the zero ten ten. Yeah. Just yeah, to get it, just to hit it with the phosphate. Okay, well, do I'm just gonna put you on hold for a sec. We gotta take a quick break, and then we come back. We'll continue chatting with Dwight till the end of the hour, and uh, we'll try and get a few more tips going. If you want to give cannabis a try, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. 
Let's a Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm just going to go back to the phone line and continue to chat with Dwight. Welcome back, Dwight. Hey. Hi, Dwight. Hi, I'm here, yeah. Okay. You just, uh, can you just talk a little bit louder? Okay, just, sorry about that. There you are. There you are. Yeah. Um, so... So we, we got we got our plant up, it germinated, it's growing, so to say, it's in the two to three inch. Um, so you're getting ready to transplant into like a four or six inch pot. Right. Um, and so at that time, are you putting it under light as well? Like when once you put it into that for quite like the same sort of lighting you were talking about, like that either yeah, twenty four seven or ever changes. It it's uh it's like a consistent July here. Um the plants, oh, okay, and even the pepper plants. They're, that's probably why they started flowering so small. Is because they're, they're it's like a July here. Okay, yes, yeah, so you're just you're just trying to get that optimal sunshine, and you're yeah. you're using like a full spectrum bulb. Um, I'm, get yeah, that. sun blasters. I really like the sun blasters. You know, I've I've had those those um, fluorescents for over well two years, easy, and maybe a little more. I've only burnt out one bulb. Wow, and like, you're yeah. and, you, and you're growing sort of year round and oh yeah, yeah yeah okay and then, so like go ahead no I was just gonna say so when you're getting to that you're, you're saying you missed it and that's just with water you're missing yeah. twice a day yeah at first at first I was kind of concerned about because I'm on well water here so um, I was using uh, reverse osmosis water yeah and you know what I finally got a test kit and i tested the ph from the well water and it's between six and seven okay and that's and ideally where you want to be yeah it loves yeah the well water is just great so i quit buying the reverse osmosis and they do just fine okay perfect again and that's the the key to a lot of this stuff is trying to keep it simple so yeah. so we don't add a ton of expense and uh and if you can do it with all your resources at home that's the the ideal okay so so it's grown so now it's up to eighteen inches eye so what what kind of things do you do in between your different growth cycles well if it's if it's eighteen inches that's when you start pinching off so that you get your canopy bigger the bigger okay. the, the better as it's growing okay. and and then when you take the soft tissue off the top you know take down oh maybe four 
four node sections. Yeah. And then you strip the node, node sections off the bottom from your cuttings. And I yeah. put them in a bottle of water, like you get a bottle of water and put them in there for a couple, three days. And then um, I use a rooting hormone um, for the cuttings. It's a 0.1% IBA. Yeah. And then they go right in the soil, and then it just spits the leaves, and then it starts manufacturing a root system. I so you're cloning root. your plants right off the bat. You're taking cuttings as you're... Anything, yeah, you try and use the whole plant. Um, you know, because there's so much medicinal um, for it, you know, not just yep. recreational, I try and use everything. So when the plants are done flowering and they get cropped off, um, the buds get dried and cured. And the drying and curing process is, is what prevents mold, which can cause a kind of a skunky smell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you cure it properly, like put them in a jar, open the jar twice a day, shake it around, close the jar, let them cure inside the jar. Then 10 days later, they last for months and months and never get a mold or anything. Okay, actually, and I'm just right up to the hour here. I got to take it. And actually, I'm just, we'll just put you on hold one more time. We'll just finish up on the next break. We have another five or ten minutes, and we'll just do another quick chat. Um, and we'll finish up uh, and get your guys's cannabis growing, hopefully for you in a little simpler way. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Light snow and minus 15 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A Canada-made rapid COVID-19 test has been approved by Health Canada. The new test, created by Ottawa company Spartan Bioscience, provides on-site results within one hour. And the variant of COVID-19 that's ripped through a long-term care home in Barrie, Ontario, has been identified. Officials say it's the highly contagious strain of the UK variant. The Simcoe-Muskoka District Health Unit says 32 residents of the Roberta Place Retirement Lodge have died since the outbreak began on January the 8th. Today's high minus 13 with flurries throughout the day, minus 18 tonight, wind chill minus 21 with a chance of flurries. Tomorrow's high minus 15 with a 60% chance of flurries. And right now it's minus 15. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled news at 10. I'm Madeline DeBellis.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm just going to finish up. We're going to finish up here with Dwight, and uh, we're going to get that plant to the bud stage. Okay, Dwight, we, we got it. Uh, we've done our pinching, and we got a nice big head on it. Um, so so what do we do now in this phase? Okay, if if you're in my situation, they've been under the 18-6 light cycle, and then when you're ready to put your plant into flower, you got a nice canopy, you basically turn off everything, the lights, everything, you give it a good watering before you do that. Yeah. And it's got to be in total darkness for 48 hours. Okay. And after the 48 hours, you switch your light cycle to 12 hours light, 12 hours dark. Okay. And, and then the stamen will start to produce on the top, and you'll start to produce flowers. And uh, you can just, usually it's eight weeks, but you keep an eye on your, uh, your trichomes, on the leaves that are coming out of the flower. Yep. Once the trichomes go from a milky color to like a kind of a burgundy color, you'll see a few of okay. the turn. Then the plant is ready to harvest. Okay. So you hang it upside so, down. Yeah. So do you just leave it in the pot until yep. you cut the buds off? or? Yeah. Yep. And then you don't necessarily have to kill the whole plant. If you take the top half off where the flowers are and yep. you leave enough vegetation on the bottom, you can put that same plant back into an 18-6 cycle and it'll re-veg itself. I've done that with one plant three times. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so and then they get, get a bushier. thick, thick stalk, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. It got as big as an inch in diameter. Wow. Yeah, it's okay. just like a tree and hard like a rock, too. Okay. And what do you, like, how do you find, like, I know some of the plants, they can really smell. Like, is there certain, like, do you try to look for different varieties that, that don't maybe have quite as pungent smell during growing, or is there things you can do to help with that? Um, you can, well, air circulation and whatever room, I don't have direct wind blowing at them. Yeah. And, and the smell is there. So if you poke your head in, you, there's a residue, the smell, but it's not overwhelming. Okay. Because I know I've been in a couple of grow ops and a couple of things in the past where I've, guys have asked me to come and have a look at what they're doing and sort of right. give some advice. And and, yeah. and, and definitely when they have like a thousand plants growing or something, so it's a little bit different. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, well, I had lemony lemon, I had uh, purple kush, um, jack hair, you know, a bunch of different varieties. And they, for some reason, none of them smell any stronger than the others. It's just not. It's not an overwhelming knock you off your yeah. smell. It's just okay. It's, yeah, and that's what I'm. I'm growing this one like just right out in the middle of my house. So I'm just going right. to. I'm just going to see until unless it gets to the point of it's if the whole house smells like a grow up. I got to pull get rid of it. No, I'll like take if, it. even even at the size it's at, if you stick your face in there and give it a sniff, like if you're sniffing it, you can. Yeah, smell like it. a herb. Yeah, yeah, like you do with a if you're doing basil or something. So. So at that point, like when it's at that 18 inches and you go to bud stage, yeah. um, um, is that when you go to the 0 10, 10? Only Or before only that? Flower. After the 48 hours? Yeah. Then your next watering is 0 10, 10, and that's every watering. Okay. Yeah, not every third or every whatever. And that's like typically the fish fertilizer. Uh, I'm not sure. You can, yeah, I did use the Yeah, fish the liquid, fertilizer. yeah. I don't know if they use real fish anymore, but that yeah. was the brand back in the day. So they, I think it's still, I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, the zero ten ten. I think yeah. it has a fish on it. I think I can't remember exactly. Yeah. I remember that too. I remember that. Too. Okay. And then, then after that, you're, you're good to go. And do you grow yeah. outside like in your backyard at all in the summertime? I did. 
I did last year in the greenhouse. They don't they don't like full sun. Um, okay. They hate it. If, uh, my light meter um, inside under the grow lights, the light meter is at about a thousand. Okay. And outside, our sun is terrible. It's it's like way over five thousand. Okay. On on the light meter, and you can grow them outside if you have them on the uh, say the north side of a tree or a bush. Yeah. They like filtered light. Yeah, because our sun is pretty strong, and people don't realize that. So it, yeah, I mean, if you put them in direct sunlight, they just flop over and die. Okay. Within an hour, it's just too. It's not even the heat. It's just the the rays. It's just too much. Too much for them. All right. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, Dwight. I know we kind of we went through it pretty quickly and stuff like that. But there is lots of resources. And if you and if you come down to the garden center, we can show you some of the hemp scents and the different fertilizers that we chatted about. Sure, and uh, I mean, you're only ten minutes away from me, and it's just nice to go to one place and get everything you need at, at yeah. once. And you set well, it up there. Yeah, and you can get pretty. If you want to get more advanced, obviously there's there's lots of places to go. And if you want to get, because I know some of the fertilizers you can get going. There's, um, yeah, there's there's a ten. There's one that has ten different components to it, and it's just I, I just think it gets too complicated at a certain point. So just You're trying right. to keep it simple, and uh, and hopefully it works out, and I, you go from there. The last two years, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, it just works great. I mean, awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Dwight, and have a great rest of your Sunday. Yeah, one more thing, Merle. I got this uh, outhouse birdhouse here, an extra one. Um, yeah. Maybe a bird lover, one of your listeners, you can give it away. All right. I will do it. that. I'll put it. I'll, we'll do a bit bird segment with Brad, and uh, and we'll yeah. give away a birdhouse. That'd sure. be awesome. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dwight. That's yeah, very I'll generous. Be, have a great day. You too, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. And I think I got time. If Sylvia is still on the line, I'm going to take her real quick. She's been very patient, and uh, I'm not sure if she's growing cannabis or not, but let's go to Sylvia. Hi, oh, Sylvia. Good morning, Earl. Well, How are you? Uh, very interesting listening to your guest. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bought home an umbrella plant yesterday, a three-foot beautiful plant, and I noticed today like the new, new parts of the growth are uh, kind of um, turning brown and limp. And I just wonder if it got chilled when I was bringing it home. I'm um, just wondering, should have. I cut those pieces off? I'd leave them for a couple of days to see if, if they go totally brown and kind of blackish. I would just cut them off. Yes. Yeah, I won't leave the whole plant though. Will I? No, no, it's just a tender one. It probably got a little, maybe just a touch of windburn. Yeah. Or something I can't like that. Give nothing. Give it a boost or anything, eh? <clears throat> no, you just got to let it get climatized. And once that damage is done, there's really you can't reverse it no. per se. It's not. Uh, so yeah, just cut it off. It'll grow new ones, and you won't even notice. All right. I know we it's... we had some. Monsters that came in and from the truck to our store, a couple of them got a little bit. So we just cut them off and it, they push right through yeah, it, no problem. Yeah, so. it's a beautiful plant. It's a variegated one. It's just gorgeous. So I just wouldn't awesome. want to lose it. No, no, not for sure. Yeah. All right. Okay, then, Mel. Thank you very much. Have a good You're day. You're very welcome. Thanks, bye Sylvia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm going to take a quick break. And if you'd like to join me after that, phone lines are wide open at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are the talk and text lines. I do have a few texts and a couple callers. Going to go to Jim, first of all. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How can I help you? Uh, I'm making tomato fertilizer out of eggshells, banana peels, and uh, Epsom salts. Okay. And like I dry dry the eggshells and the banana peels, and I run them through a um, coffee grinder to make them into a powder. Okay. And once I do this, I'm just wondering how I should um, how I should use it. Like <laughs> if I should mix it and put it into the dirt and plant the tomato on top of it, or whatever. Um. And I, I, I actually, I haven't heard of this one. I have heard of eggshells, and it helps with the calcium, which is good for yeah. tomatoes. For the if you grow, and if you're growing small tomatoes, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, it's just more for the bigger ones, like the romas and the beefsteaks and things like that, where you get the blossom end rot, because you don't mm-hmm. really get that on all the the smaller cherry tomatoes and things like that. Okay. Um, when when you're doing these organic method or these sort of home remedies or home recipes. You just got to be careful because uh, sometimes too much of a good thing isn't great either. And yeah. so I, I don't know the exact formula. So I really, I, I'm going to have a hard time. I, I would maybe just mix it into the soil, like mm-hmm. an amendment, and then, and then it'll leach into your soil. But again, you just, just be careful not too much. Like if you have a, a I don't know, how, how much do you have it? Like do you have a cup of it or two cups or? Um, no, I got. Um... Like, like bags, well, not really huge bags, but like uh, large coffee containers, like okay, uh, yeah, thousand gram containers, kind of thing. Yeah, so like I, I would maybe put like one or two cups per plant, like and mix it into the soil myself. Because okay. I just mm-hmm. know when people put too much manure or too much stuff in your plants into your soil, you just you end up causing more harm than good. Like mm-hmm. it ends up rotting or doing something different. So, especially with the Epsom salts, and that's something that's used more in other places that have a different soil, but we see a lot of it being recommended to us um, over the internet and things like that. So, um, if you're using just like a good potting soil, um, you'll be fine with that. And and you can add some of the stuff for sure and maybe see what it does. Yeah, I'm going to test test it. I'm going to put it on in some and not on some and see if there's a difference kind of thing. Yeah, and see if you can get a soil test on it. Um, so just test what that is and see what comes out of it, if there's how much nitrogen or phosphate or potassium or or what mm-hmm. components you had. Because you just don't want, if you end up way too much salt or if your pH is way too high, or yeah. too, then you don't, you don't, well, don't want to add it because it'll take away from your soil as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe get a, get a soil test and just test it like you would soil. And sort of mm-hmm. see what what uh, components you come back. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, kind of what I was thinking. So, yeah, because uh, I know my mom threw everything in the garden, and we always had an awesome garden. She very rarely fertilized, like, but all summer long, like banana peel, every peel off every veggie she was cooking, every eggshell went out in the garden, and it was just amazing how the soil would just eat it up and it would be gone. And uh, turn into compost, yeah. and we never had a composter. She always just threw it right on the garden, and we worked it in, and 
it, yeah. it was always, you never had potato peels sitting there for very long. They were, just seemed to get put into the garden. They decompose and, and yeah. be gone. But, uh, and, so. I do compost also. So Okay. But yeah, just be careful. Yeah, just be careful you don't do too much of a good thing. Like too much compost. If you're trying to grow in straight compost or something, it just won't do well. So yeah. you got to, yeah. so just, just, yeah, a little bit at a time. And I like what you said where you, you're going to experiment a bit and then you can see, okay, get the right mixture. Hey, this one, I got three or four more inches of growth on this um, amount. Mm -hmm. And then you know you got your ratio proper. So keep me posted. I'm kind of interested to see. Maybe take a few pictures if you don't mind sharing. You betcha. I'll do that. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Take care, bud. Bye now. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's always fun when people um, having some fun with things and experimenting. And, and if you can have a bunch of organic things that you can reuse, uh, like I said, I always – I've referred back. There's a there's a garden center guy or a garden guy on a different radio station in Seattle. He recommends he uses Coca Cola on all kinds of things. So I'm not too sure um, how that's working, but we'll go from there. And I'm probably just going to take a quick break here. And uh, when I get back, I'll go to the phone line. I think I still have Craig on the line. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. Going to go to the phone line. Going to chat with Craig. Morning, Craig. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, I do have a question, but before that, I just want to mention somebody gave us a marijuana plant about two Christmases ago. Okay. It was about maybe really spent two inches tall and about the size of a blade of grass. Yeah. So we put it in a window next to the geraniums. We've got two south-facing windows. They both have geraniums in them. Yeah. We put it next to the geraniums that, that bloom all year, and yeah. they just took off. The geraniums went crazy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They like, it's a good companion plant for it. It is. And the other window with the geraniums without the marijuana, they were just normal. Huh. But That's interesting. Off. It only went about 18 inches tall, but it had tons okay. of buds on it. Oh, wow. And you anyway. just you just grew it in, and did you notice any smell or anything from it in the house? No, no, not much, not much. Okay, and it's uh, no fertilizers, nothing. But uh, you know, you just you just one. let it go all au natural, right? Yeah, just, just yeah. grew it like a house plant. Yeah, awesome. Not, nothing special. Anyway, I, we've got some uh, ivies and some uh, philodendrons now from okay. you guys. What do we use for fertilizer? What strength? Um. If there if for if there's no blooming, just I, I like honestly the twenty 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 is a okay. great all purpose fertilizer. Okay. It covers all your bases. All right. And it sort of if you give everything a shot sort of if you fertilize sort of once a month. And okay. then once we get into summertime, you maybe want to go every couple of weeks just if you're trying to get a little bit more growth or or in that. But if it just for your house plants and stuff, just a good steading once a month will be perfect. All right, but great, always thanks. water first and then okay. fertilize so you don't okay. burn the roots or anything. So Okay, great. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much. Right, Take care, Greg. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I got a bit of time left here. I'm going to go to Lindsay. Good morning, Lindsay. Hi. Hi there. How can I help you? 
Uh, okay, so I have a question about kind of pushing what Calgary will allow for trees. Okay, like I love in that. in terms of the environment. Um, yeah, pushing the zone, right? Yeah, so okay. I know that they're not widely available, but I feel like I could cat, like get one special order. But like, would you say just a complete no to like a zone for magnolia tree? Like, is that just asking? No, for I've brought I've brought in a couple, and we we always bring in. There's a couple varieties that I bring in every year, and I actually I had one survive in a pot, like in the oh, back okay. tree lot, and it and it and it wintered that way, so. I'll have to check and see with a couple of people that did get them last year or, I mean, a couple of years ago and see how, how they've survived. The, the hardest part is is getting them into a spot um, a little bit sheltered, but just yeah. ensuring that they get watered in good in yeah. the fall and and that way they just stay frozen because um, it's really not the cold. On those, it can kill them. But what, what gets a lot of these plants that are used to coming up early is mm-hmm. that they start too early, and then we get our really cold blast again, and then that yeah. does them in, sort of. No, but there's there's some zone fours, and I've seen some some gorgeous like um, red maples and things where people have pushed the zone. Was, yeah, I was also thinking like a sugar maple, and a, but I've like it just like looks like it's not recommended. <laughs> yeah, I would go more prairie splendor, like it's a crimson colored leaf. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I definitely bring in a few things where I push the zone. Ginkgo biloba. We have a few of those that mm, are hard yes, here. I want one. <laughs> yeah. No. So I we definitely and we're going to try and have a section of a bit more to keep them. Um, so and with a more information, we just brought them in before we've had them in our tree lot when that when they're available. Mm-hmm. But I've chatted with some of our growers and things like that. So I'm going to try and do a little bit more of a push okay. the zone section. And uh, with some a little bit more helpful hints and things like that, so that way try and get some more success for you. But Calgary's becoming like there's some there's some things and there's really good varieties of fruit that you can grow here, like with the crimson, whereas with all the Romance series cherries, yeah, the Paul pear, the John pear, like you're getting real pears here, and then so many great apples and things like that that you can grow here. So um, I, I love it. Like push the zone, why not? Okay. All right, we'll be there for you. We'll help you out. <laughs> no, because I like that too. Like it's fun, right? Like in like in Sundance, there's actually an apricot right along Fish Creek Park, yeah, and a couple yeah. of plum trees there. And yeah. it just, uh, I just remember walking through there with my kids all the time, and you'd see these uh, little plums hanging, and it's just it's 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 so cool. Like you're in Calgary, and it, it's not the plum that you're going to see in the Okanagan, but. The way I look at it, yeah. and I've said this numerous times, like you're eating a cherry or you're eating a plum grown in Calgary. It's Maybe it's not going to be that perfect one that's in the grocery store, but yeah. it's a plum. <laughs> no, and I so. know I've had really good success in my yard with grapes as well. So awesome. I'm just like, uh, I want to try other things. <laughs> what part of town, what, what part of the city are you? In Southwood. Okay. Yeah. So mid <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good. But you know, actually, one area too. And actually, I was telling my son this. We were driving last night to pick up dinner, and went through Riverbend. For some reason, that in that Riverbend area is a microclimate. Like you'll see, I've gone to 
consults there, different things, and the trees and everything just do a little bit better. And they have cedars growing all over the place there, where other mm-hmm. places have a harder time to grow cedars. Like they're all over in that neighborhood. So it's it's kind of interesting. We have little areas in our city, little microclimates or different spots yeah. that just seem to do well. So yeah. anyways, all right. Thank all right. Thanks, Lindsay. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I got to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Light snow and minus 15 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A Calgary City Councillor is calling a huge new development in the city's northwest a game changer. Global's Carolyn Curry de Castillo reports. Ward 1 Councillor Ward Sutherland says the creation of the new communities represents over $2.4 billion in economic value. One of the communities, Rockland Park, is already under construction. When it's built out, it will be home to up to 9,000 people with 3,100 homes. Rockland Park will provide the missing link in the parkway and trail connections from Calgary to Cochrane, connecting Haskane Legacy Park to Glenbow Ranch Provincial Park. But Sutherland says he's frustrated because there's no public access to Haskane Legacy Park from the Calgary side of the park. And city negotiations with landowners in Rocky View County haven't resulted in a solution. In 2018, the name Haskane Legacy Park was approved by council to honor Dick Haskane and his family, whose donation was instrumental in the park's development. Carolyn Curry de Castillo, Global News. An Ottawa company says its Made in Canada rapid COVID-19 test has been approved by Health Canada. Spartan Bioscience says it's now authorized to sell the diagnostic test, which is touted for providing on-site results within an hour. It originally unveiled the rapid test last spring, but later recalled it and, prefer- and performed additional studies after Health Canada expressed some concerns. The announcement comes as Canada's top doctor warns the second wave of COVID-19 is placing the healthcare system under intense strain. But despite Dr. Teresa Tam's warning, daily case counts have declined slightly this past week in hotspots such as Ontario and Quebec. 573 new cases of COVID-19 were reported by the province yesterday afternoon. 13 more deaths have also been identified, including two people in their 20s from the Calgary zone. According to Alberta Health Services, neither had known comorbidities. Across the province, 676 people with COVID are in hospital, 114 in intensive care. 100 million vaccinations in 100 days. That's the goal of the Biden administration as the COVID-19 pandemic continues to rage across America. And new, more aggressive strains of the virus are complicating matters. The new president's ambitious plan is not without its challenges. Global's Jennifer Johnson reports. In the U.S., a new race is on to vaccinate millions of Americans against COVID-19. The Trump administration's goal of getting 20 million people vaccinated by the end of December has fallen far short, and now some states are running out of doses. The Biden administration has a new ambitious game plan to speed up production and distribution of the vaccines to try and get 100 million people vaccinated in 100 days. The pandemic has already killed over 415,000 Americans, and the death toll is now on track to hit 500,000 next month. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington. It's been exactly one year since the first known case of COVID-19 was detected in Canada. The 56-year-old man had arrived at Sunnybrook Hospital in Toronto with 
what seemed to be mild pneumonia because he had traveled from China and his x-rays were unusual, the decision was made to admit him. Samples were sent by cab to the province's public health laboratory, which had been working to come up with a reliable test. The lab was soon able to confirm the man was infected with what was then the novel coronavirus. Although patient zero recovered, nearly 19,000 people in Canada have since died from COVID-19. And a new poll indicates U.S. President Joe Biden is receiving positive poll numbers. Often, presidents enjoy high approval ratings in their first months in office, and Biden is no different. In his first week, Biden has yielded high approval ratings for his response to COVID-19 at 69 percent, as well as in confidence in his ability to unify the country at 57 percent. That's from a new ABC News Ipsos poll out Sunday. Biden's honeymoon may give him a chance to maneuver on policy to deal with his biggest challenge, COVID-19, in a very divided country. Mark Remillard, ABC News. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Flames will be in action later this afternoon, 2 o'clock, in a home game against Toronto in the first match of a two-game set. The Flames are coming off back-to-back wins over the Vancouver Canucks, while the Leafs have won three out of their last four games. Global News Skytracker weather today's high, minus 13 with flurries throughout the day, minus 18 tonight, wind chill minus 21, the chance of flurries overnight, then tomorrow's high, minus 15 a 60% chance of flurries. It's minus 15 at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Going to go to the text lines here real quick. Um, Good morning. My wife and I are considering a grow tent to grow year-round fruits and veggies in the basement. Have you had much experience with indoor growing? Um, I, I do, I think some of the fruit and some of the, depends on what you're growing, um, a lot of the melons and squashes and some of that stuff do really well. I find some of the leafy things, um, lettuce, if you're looking for more of the microgreens and the smaller heads of lettuce, they do quite well in the in there. But if you get to the bigger stuff, if you're trying to get like a full head of um, um, lettuce and things like that, they like it a little bit cooler and just the airflow. So it's something that can be done. Um, I think you just have to pick and choose what you're going to be growing in there. And I know hydroponically, it, it's done quite a bit inside and with, with really good success. I think more so than growing in soil. Um, again, airflow and just the proper drainage and things like that are, are the biggest things um, to do. So uh, that's something that's probably a good topic. I'll, uh, I'll look into getting a guest in and hopefully we can get you some more information on that. And, uh, and then we'll go from there. And <laughs> I got a few good ones. Oh, there's Florida Radar underneath the South Shawville Boulevard if you're, if you're going that way. So anyways, um, I got a few people asking about, we're, we're going to do the Birdhouse giveaway uh, in a later week. We'll have Brad on, Brad the Birdman, and then we will we'll do a Birdhouse giveaway at that point. And I'm going to go to the phone lines right now. We're going to chat with B. Good morning, B. Yes, good morning, Merle. Um, How are you? I'm good. I have awesome. a plant given to me on the weekend here. Okay. Indigo azalea. I know nothing about them. 
Are they indoor? Can they go outdoor in the summer? Do they need lots of water, sun, shade? Is it is it blooming right now, or what's it doing? Yes, it's blooming. Beautiful, very fragile, white, lacy blooms. Yeah, they're 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 actually really quite nice, um, but they are more of a house plant. Okay. Um. So they'll they'll grow for. Um, you just got to watch. They're really root bound, so you'll just making sure that it doesn't dry out too much. Um, it, it'll indicate it'll droop a little bit when it starts blooming. Just don't put it right in the direct window when you're growing it right now. Okay. So keep it away from the window, sort of a little bit cooler spot because it's already in full bloom, so it doesn't need any more or anything like that. Okay. Um, so just just water probably every. Four days, something like that. Just when it dries out, you'll see it. But when if you pop that out of the pot, it'd be totally root bound because when they grow, they force them to to bloom like that. Okay. Um, they are a little bit hard to continue to grow. Like you can leave them in the house as a house plant, but it is a little bit harder to get them to rebloom. You kind of have to cut them back, feed with fifteen thirty fifteen, and and at that point you would move them. I would transplant it when it's totally done blooming. I would transplant it into a bigger pot oh. and sort of re- let it reestablish itself. Okay, when done blooming, transplant. Okay. Yeah, but right now, like they're sold more of just like a, they're they're like getting flowers, but they're going to last a lot longer. So they make great gifts as a house plant, mm-hmm. but they are a little bit more difficult to to get to grow and, and to bloom all over again in oh. Calgary in the house. So. Um, but what I would do is, like I said, just transplant it when it's totally done blooming. Okay. Um, put it. It's probably in a six-inch pot. I'm going to assume right now. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So then you'd go into like an eight or a ten-inch pot. Okay. I would cut about a third off the top, like when it's done blooming. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And then you're going to be heading into summer by that time, almost or early spring. Okay. And and then you'd start feeding with thirty ten ten. They really like a more acidic fertilizer. Okay, 30, 10, 10, 10, 10. So what was this, uh, 15, 30, 15, that's what I give it now? No, right, that's what you'll give it after we get it growing again. Oh, um, okay. And that's what you'll do to get it to bloom. Okay, um, but, bloom. but you're going to really let it do, you don't want to feed it anything while it's blooming. Just okay. let it do its thing, continue on, and and just enjoy it. All right. Um, but it, when it's totally done, you'll sort of say, ah, uh, it doesn't look that great because they don't look, they're not a super nice plant when they're done. They kind of like they're they just like they're sort of letting out their breath. They're like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> they kinda, okay. Okay. So that's when you need to retransplant it, put it into a new pot, and then sort of like I said, prune it back that sort of twenty to thirty percent, mm-hmm. and then let it let it it'll grow new, and then uh, and just fertilize it with the thirty ten ten, and then once you get a bunch of new growth, it'll sort of by midsummer, then you can switch to fifteen thirty fifteen. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, I have a a little lilac, not so little, a lilac tree that I've had for probably five years. It's about six feet tall or so. And I want to, it's getting kind of ugly shape. And I cut it all around the bottom. I don't want it all coming up around the bottom and that shoots come out all around the bottom. How do you keep those shoots from coming out? That's all you can do is just what you're doing. You just have to go down and cut them out early. Yeah. Um, so if you do it early spring, like when everything first starts coming out, uh-huh. it's a lot easier because they're nice and soft at that point. And so 
well, can I just trim it back any way I want, or is there a specific way of cutting those branches? Well, if with your lilac, if you prune it before it blooms, you won't get any blooms that season, like if you're taking too much oh. off the top. Oh, okay. Because it sets bud almost as soon as it's done blooming. So, But what you can do is you, you're able to cut out any dead damage or disease branching. Yeah, I've already but, done that. I, I yeah, cut off all yeah, the old dead stuff from the fall, so it's just sitting there. Yep. So, if, but if you trim it before it blooms, you won't get any blooms. So, oh, I would leave it alone. Yeah, just leave it alone. Um, ensure if you did a bunch of pruning to it last year, just ensure you give it really good watering in the spring. And again, feed it with that fifteen thirty fifteen. That'll help produce a lot of blooms for you, and you'll be good. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Will. Really love right. hearing your program. And someday I'm coming down there to see the actual garden. Yeah. No, you got to come down and see us. It's great. Okay, thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. All right. And I got a few texts that I'm just going to continue. Uh, someone's asked, do we sell firewood? Absolutely. We have uh, birch and and pine. So these are perfect days um, for, for having a – if you have a fireplace and things like that. So that would be, that would be awesome. And uh, we have uh, birch, birch and pine. And morning, I was feeling, uh, here's a different text. Morning, I was feeling so great because I finally kept an azalea alive for, for three months until two weeks ago. And then this, leaves falling off, crispy feeling, of course, no flowers. Um, Yeah, and that's sort of what I was just saying to my last caller, B, uh, on this text. It's sort of when it's done blooming, they kind of give you that. And this plant, I'll be honest, it doesn't look great. It's it, it's the same thing, but that's what happens to azaleas. Kind of when they're done, they kind of just uh, they they just go into a sort of ugly mode. <laughs> they don't look great. They kind of just shut down because they've been forced and fed. Like when they get them to bloom that perfectly, they force them and they just feed them like crazy to get them going. They stress them out and then feed them the high the high phosphate to get them going into that blooming stage. So once it's done, it's used all its energy and there's just nothing left for it. So so on this text, I would just again follow what I just mentioned to be is transplant that into an 8 or 10 inch pot, cut it back a bit um and then just start feeding 30 10 10 grow it on like a house plant again and it should um, revitalize itself and, and get going. So let me know if that if that works. So that would be good. And here we go. We got and Merle, I think we have a dwarf umbrella tree. Seems to be very spindly. We have metal supports holding up. Is this normal or is this something we can do? Um, again, that it's not really a dwarf umbrella tree. It's just one that definitely needs to be transplanted into a bigger pot. And then I would just cut it back. It's just, it's never been pinched. And when we talked with Dwight earlier too about whether cannabis plants or umbrella trees or whatever, sometimes they just need to get pinched to thick, thicken up. And that's what this one is in need of. It just needs to get pinched back. And a lot of it, when you pinch it back, you can start new cuttings from it. So I would put that umbrella tree you have, I would put it into probably, it looks like it's, I would probably go to a 16 or a 20 inch pot 
and uh, and the, it'll just thicken right up on you and good. It's just been let go so much. But you see all those little node lines in the branch, and you can cut just above any one of those marks, and it'll branch out again for you. But right now I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to chat with Jen. We're going to find out what's going on down in the greenhouse today. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Roll Coombs. I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Jen. We're going to find out what's uh, hot down in the in the greenhouse today. Good morning, Jen. Good good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. Good. So it's probably nice and warm down there today. You guys, uh, I know yesterday morning we had a little bit of a scare. We we let our <laughs> propane get down a little bit too low. Yeah. Uh, well, not today. Yeah. Not today. Yeah. It was all good. Yeah. That that's good. Yeah. Uh, so you have a, we get a lot of people asking about soil amendments and different things for their house plants. So I know you guys have stocked up on a bunch of this fun stuff. So what kind of, what kind of stuff do you got going down there? Yeah, we have stocked up. So we put in a fantastic order um, and we've kind of moved things around a tiny, tiny bit to try and keep everything together. So if anybody's okay. looking, just, just holler if they can't find it. But as you walk in, I mean, the greatest thing is we have all this sphagnum moss now. We have all sizes, um, and totally available. And with the sphagnum moss, we also have some moss poles. We've got uh, more decorative reindeer moss in there, um, some mountain moss, different colors. And so that's on a whole wall that people can kind of access and use for their terrariums or uh, whatever kind of planting needs they might have on that side. Okay. Yeah. And then um, what about now for in the soil? For <laughs> so as you continue along and head into the new trough house with the uh, Suze has been working hard in there and, and clearing things out and putting all our colorful pots. And that is where we have, of course, the rest of our troughs and a soil um, corner, kind of, with all our amendments. And so with the amendments that we got in, we have, of course, the perlite and vermiculite, which we've had this entire time. Um, but what's new is we've got um, bags of cocoa chunks in there, which is super, super cool. We've got bags of sand in there. We've got bags of pumice in there. Um, and, so, and, and the sand do you have, I, actually, cause I was, I was noticed, is it like a coarse sand or what kind of sand is it? It's a finer sand. We have two different varieties. So there's kind of that clean, white looking uh, tiny one, you know, yeah. the, the more fine and then sort of a more natural looking and so tiny bit larger um, as okay. well. So there's the two varieties to choose from that way. Um, yeah. The pumice I'm most excited about. I, I want to use that myself. So what do you use pumice for? Like say, like because I know you go to some of these sites, man. There's so many things that are, people are saying to do and to add, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so what what do you use pumice for? What is what will it do for you? Um, it's going to help absorb some excess moisture in your soil, which is, I mean, that's a seems to be a chronic problem. I think overall with people is they want to overlove their plants, and so they overwater. So that'll help with that. Um, it will help with some aeration as well. And from okay. some of the stuff that I've read too, it'll help. Um, it'll help stimulate the micro mycorrhizae in the soil or with the roots, right? So it's going to help absorb the minerals into the roots of the plant, which is kind of a cool thing with the pumice. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and uh, and and I noticed we have earthworm castings. We get a lot of people mm-hmm. asking about that, and those are they they're supposed to be good for bugs too, I guess. Oh, that has to help. Are they? Yeah, they're supposed to fend off bugs as well. So. I did not know that. That would actually be super cool. I have to look that one up. Um, yeah. That would be a cool little feature. But, yeah, we definitely have some worm castings. That's a, 
really hot product to have in your soil for sure, indoors and outdoors. It's a fantastic product. So we've had that one for a little bit as well. Yeah. And charcoal. Okay. Did we mention that one? Nope. Yeah. We've got charcoal in turmeric, so we can use that in your terrariums. I was just talking to Chris about that. It's great for um, wicking away the water again. It helps keep the odors down. It's great for drainage. You can use it in your regular uh, pots as well, but it's fantastic for terrarium. Okay. So yeah. you, and and uh, uh, I know some people were putting it at the bottom of their pots as well. Like if you don't have a ton of drainage and things like that, they were putting it yeah. at the bottom to yeah. help with a bit of a – okay, kind of cool. Yeah, for and, sure. And uh, did you guys get any new exciting plants in the greenhouse, or not yet, Merle? We have, we've uh, we've been going through them though, and uh, it's it's fantastic the the plants that are going. They've been looking so good, and we've been selling some of our longtime favorites. Um, so nothing new right now, um, but we will be getting some new ones in this the end of this but week. Did, I believe. You, did you get some of those uh, heart vine, or are they already gone? Uh, we don't have them yet. They should be in the next order. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. they should be in the I next thought order. I heard yeah, Jess, uh, Jessica was mentioned that she, and 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 she, they we some of the plants that we get in on some of the rare varieties, you guys put a limit on them. So, correct. I know a lot of people like to buy them and then maybe resell them on Facebook or something like that. I've heard rumors. Oh, I, just figured, <laughs> I just figured they love our plants so much. That's what I figure. But no, absolutely, you're, you're, you're totally right. We'll be getting some cool new ones in as well. And as, as I've been telling people, stay tuned on social media. And it's, social media is also a great way to comment and ask questions because um, even with seeds, you know, people are looking for certain seeds. But with the plants and the new shipments that we have coming in, uh, stay tuned because Jess has been doing all the photos and posting, and it's a great place to ask questions too. Yeah, and she, and she and she's answering a lot of the questions online, which is great. Um, yeah. Because sometimes getting through to the store, um, we and but we are open with uh, physical distancing in place, mm-hmm. obviously. And, uh, but with our capacity, we have lots of room in there. So we're, we're allowed 35 people or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this time of year, that usually works out great. It'd be a little tougher in May, but <laughs> at this time of year, it kind of, people are just coming and going and we've never, we've never even come close to our capacity. So there's always yeah. lots of room. If you just want to feel like you want to get out for a little bit of a, a tropical walk or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's a great totally. Place. Oh, there's a few people were in there doing that yesterday, Merle. It was nice. And with the sun inside too, it just feels so, it just feels nice in there and people love the smell of the plants and the, the, the soil. And yeah, it's a good place to hang out. Yeah. And we're, we're running close to between 40 and 50% humidity which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels good in there. How do you so, know that, Merle? Uh, I don't know. Just brought a humidistat. Thought we'd try that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was curious because uh, yeah. we're looking at bringing some plants possibly from the Orient, um, from Thailand. And uh, I don't know if Zoe's listening, but she's nervous <laughs> about it, more nervous than me about it. Um, right. I, I'm not really afraid of plants. Um, so I, I, I'm kind of like to push the zone. Like we had a caller earlier, <laughs> but I, I'm also I'm not afraid to push the zone on on tropicals or trying different things. Right. So I, I, we have a order that I've done with a, a company in Thailand. I'm trying to bring some stuff over, and and we're gonna just. But I need to make sure my humidity is up in the greenhouse because right. that is the toughest thing, especially in the winter in yeah. Alberta. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the and, truth with the heat? Yeah. Oh, it just, and it's just so dry, right? So you bring a plant over or even when you get it from a garden center and then you take it into your house, if you have no humidity or nothing, it, it it's really dry. So it ends up being a, it's a big thing to get your humidity up in your house mm-hmm. um, um, to make all the difference. I know they had uh, 
there was someone on the talk to the experts yesterday here on 770. They were talking about they had a skin doctor talking about the skin and uh, and what to do. So don't use soap on your just you're just supposed to just wash your couple areas, your armpits, and uh, but don't <laughs> don't use soap. Well, and that's a different you, show. <laughs> I know, but same with your plants. So we got to look after them, right? So it's true. And, uh, I know. Yeah. Zoe, yeah so Zoe build your humidity up. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm I'm probably gonna I might just order it without telling her, oh. and uh, <laughs> so they might just arrive. Okay, <laughs> so we'll have surprise. to we'll have to. <laughs> uh, I got to do a little experiment, right? So anyways. I love it. Um, okay, yeah. and before I forget, before I let you go, we also have our sale on um, our weekly sale that we've been doing twenty five percent off two and three inch plants. Um, so we've got lots of people like oh. to get into succulents that way, and then again yeah. plants that way. So. Yeah, that'll be happening until Thursday, and then we had a new sale on Friday again. Awesome. Yeah. All right, well, thank you, and we're at the end of the hour, so end of the half hour, so this works out perfect. I awesome. will let you go, and I will take a break. Thanks, Jen. Cool. Thanks, Mel. Bye-bye. And I'll be right back after the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's 15 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A Canada-made rapid COVID-19 test has been approved by Health Canada. The new test, created by Ottawa company Spartan Bioscience, provides on-site results within one hour. 573 new cases of COVID-19 were reported in Alberta yesterday afternoon. 13 more deaths have also been identified, including two people in their 20s from the Calgary zone. And today, Ontario is reporting 2,417 new cases of COVID-19 and 102 more deaths related to the virus. Meanwhile, Quebec is reporting 1,457 new cases, as well as 41 additional deaths. Parks Canada is reminding Albertans to be careful when skating on lakes in the mountains. Over the last three days, four people have fallen through ice at Lake Minnewanka. No serious injuries reported. The minimum safe ice thickness is 15 centimetres. It's minus 15. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I'm going to go to Kathy. She's on the phone line. Good morning, Kathy. Oh, hi, Merle. Hi there. Um, How can I help you? Uh, we have a uh, weeping uh, birch tree out front. Uh, okay. We had Mark over in um, late summer. He did okay. a deep root injection, but I don't think it's going to make it. Okay. It was. And, it's suffering a bit? Oh, big time. Yeah, it's old. But um, I'm wondering what type of tree would you recommend to replace it with? It's a north-facing, older neighborhood, uh, okay. so, so lots of landscape. It's okay. on the top tier of a slope near okay. near our stairs. So, Are you looking for something? Do you think you want a big, big canopy like that, or do you want something maybe a little bit smaller? Or Yeah, yeah, I'm open. Um Okay, I would like. There's so many nice, like I, I I'm a big fan of some of the ornamental um, crabs. You don't get the mess or anything. So, so like okay. the gladiator crab, or the 
the spring snow is another really nice one. Um, but I, I do like the gladiator. You get those really nice, bright, bright pink, purple flowers come out oh. in the spring. And then you get sort of a purple leaf. They're quite nice. Um, you could also do like a pear tree. I think I, I don't know if I lost her. Um, and Kathy could also, did we lose her there, Carolyn? Okay. Do you want to just hang up on her there or hang that line up? I'm getting the buzz or the. The number you have called cannot. <laughs> All right. I'll just, uh, I'll continue. If she calls back, we'll bring her back on. But Kathy, what I would recommend also, Ivory Silk Lilac would be a good spot um, for that as well. Or if you wanted to go to an evergreen, a mountain pine would be um, very nice and, and something like that. So there's quite a few varieties. So when you get to that point, just come down and we'll we'll pick out a nice tree with you. And uh, and after Mark, I think you'll probably end up calling him to remove it for you. And then hopefully, um, but to remove it, and if you want to go in the same spot, we'll have to do a full root removal. Um. Can you hang that up again? Sorry. And full root removal so that way we can plant back in the same spot if if that's something you want to do. Or we can move it over five or six feet if there's enough room for that. We'll go from there. And I got a couple more texts that I'm going to, to uh, go through and see what we got here. I would like to grow CBD. Is that hemp? If so, where would I buy seeds with no THC would be easier to buy and not as expensive? Yeah, I haven't looked in the, the CBD oil. It is from hemp. So uh, I'm not too sure on the seeds, but I'm sure they're readily available online. We're not allowed to sell any of the cannabis seeds at the garden center. You need a special license to sell the plants or the seeds. But I'm for sure, they're available online. So if you're looking to get um, hemp seeds to grow, um, you can do that. And and because I, I'm not too sure how you. Would, but then I don't know if you're going to try to for the CB, CBD if you would uh, if you want to use it for the oil or if you're going to use it for the plant to smoke. Because I know there is a lot of um, the CBD that you can you can smoke as well. Um, I just I do take the CBD oil with no THC. I've been taking it for about a year, and I find it really helps me um, with my joints and uh, my knees and stuff like that. Feel great, and it kind of slows you down a bit. Just kind of puts you into out of my. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have <laughs> ADHD, so I think it helps slow me down a bit, and so I can focus a little bit more here and there. So, but. I'm not too sure, and I said once when I when the, when they taught when they legalized everything, we looked into it, and it's just it's a whole nother business getting into selling the seeds and plants. It's just you're talking so much money that it's very expensive, and to keep track of it, it just I think it would bring on a bunch of theft, and I just would rather just not focus on that for our business. So another thing you can do. Um, yeah, just check online and see what you got. And there we got another text. Hi, Merle. I just discovered oyster shell scale on my apple. What can I do? Um, what you'll need to do is when it warms up a bit and you can get like a terry cloth type rag, if it's places that you can reach. And I would mix a, th a thing of pure spray green with, with water 
just mix up the oil and then you just rub it on the rub it onto the branches and you just kind of got to scrub those off if you can and and uh and, pull, and then you can treat it with the pure spray green that's the one that that will work on scale and but there's a certain time of the year when it needs to get sprayed it's sort of right near the end of june early july sort of when they're in fly stage and then you can do that but or some people have pressure washed them off you just got to be careful on the apple tree if it's on the real hard bark or if it's on new bark you just don't want to pressure wash your real soft bark because it'll end up causing a bunch of damage and i think i'm just going to take a break and if you'd like to join me phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770 you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770-CHQR Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to try Jean. Welcome, Jean. Good morning, Merle. Hi, how are you? I'm uh, uh, just sitting here looking at a nice bunch of shrubs and things in a book, and it got me wondering. I okay. would like to grow something with that has berries on for the birds. Okay. Now, I've got the old uh, Catonia Aster with the kind of blacky bluey berries. Yeah. And yep. they clean them up, but I would like something with a little more show. So I've been looking at a thing here, and uh, there's a winter berry. Yeah. That zones to grow, bleh, grow to zone it. three, but yep. it's a type of holly. Yeah, I have it. Actually, leaves. I have it in my house as well. You do? Um, yeah, I get real nice um, white berries on it. It's actually gorgeous. Yeah. Oh. Grows really well. Like, it's quite... They utilize it in parks and things like that as well, so oh, it, it, oh, it do does they? grow quite easy. Uh-huh. And, and we do sell them at the store, so those are that's a good one. Um, some of the cranberries are good, and even, like, a, a Nanking cherry, and also you get some for yourself if that's something... Hello? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so you could try uh, the like some of the berries, things like that as well. I, I actually, we lost uh, Gene on the line, but uh, if you're still listening, Gene. So lots of there is lots of uh, choices for that. Well, let's try. We'll try one more here. We'll try Pat. Good morning, Pat. Um, oh. hi. Hello? Hi there. Hello? Hi. Okay. Is this Pat? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Pat. Um, good morning, Burl. I have two questions for you. Okay. Uh, some time ago, I was given some old copies of gardening magazines, and okay. uh, in one of the magazines was an article uh, praising uh, Spruce It Up. Okay. And uh, it was published in saskatoon i believe i know it was a saskatchewan magazine okay. but i can't remember the name of it do you have any idea of what i'm talking about i have no idea <laughs> dang I, yeah no i a, um it was a really good magazine and i can't find it could be called gardening for the prairies that was a that was a kind of a Western Canadian prairie magazine. That was they have a really tough time 
we just don't have the population. So when right. they try to produce those zone magazines that are zone specific, right? It's just really hard to try and make any money on it because we just don't have the people, and then that want to buy enough magazines for them to produce them, right? So um, a lot of them have gone online, and that and that is the hard thing about growing and getting our information because so many of the magazines when we pick them up. They're telling people things that just aren't for this area, right? And, and even I listening to the magazine was specifically for uh, for zones. Like I, I'm our pretty zones. sure it, it was called Gardening on the Prairies or something, okay. and I think it was produced. Um, I think it was produced in Manitoba or Saskatchewan. I can't remember. Right. But that was it. Was around quite a few years ago, so right. like ten years ago or something like that. So yeah, it, this would have been. Uh, like the magazines were old, but they were really good. Okay. Anyway, the other question I have for you is with regard to orchids. Okay. I have babies on my orchid plant, and as soon as the babies came, uh, they shot out uh, a blossom. Uh, okay. Now, what I want to know is, should I wait until the blossoms are finished on it before I cut it off the main plant. Yeah, and you want to make sure you get roots on it first, too. you got to leave it on there well, for I know quite a long time. The air roots? Yes. Yeah, I've got lots of those. Okay, and they're coming off the baby as well? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so this, uh, you, can, uh, you might as well let it finish blooming before you cut it off. Um, yeah, I, I just got the babies just starting, and I don't have any air roots. It's been about two weeks. Oh, I so see. So I'm going to wait till I get roots coming off of it. Yeah. But and if you have the blooms, you, you might want to wait. It, it would probably f be fine because, actually, orchids are pretty resilient, to be honest, because you're not really disturbing the root system because they kind of live off the air, right? Like right. They, um, so they cling themselves to the orchid bark, and, and you'll probably be fine. But um, it's kind of unique that you have it doing both at the same time. Yeah, so I would I would it, just leave it okay. and, uh, and let it finish blooming and then cut it off and uh, transplant that in. Are you going to put it in the same pot or are you going to put it in its own pot? Oh, no, I thought I'd put it in its own pot. Okay, nice. Okay. All right. Thank Thanks, you very Beth. much, Merle. Have a good You're day. You're very welcome. Thank bye you. Bye. You as well. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, we'll try the phone lines, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's, Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I got a text from Richard in Lethbridge. He was trying to do some, um, doing basil propagation, and he started them in Jiffy plug, Pugs, and it just didn't work. What I would try, Richard, I would just, just get your pots, fill them up with the, just the potting soil, and just direct seed right on top of the pot and then just try that way and they should come um just keep them fairly moist you can cover them if you want um or if you got if you want if you have like one of those uh like a strawberry container or something where you buy strawberries those little clamshells those work really good but for for basil that's what i find works really well is just direct seed it right on top of the soil 
and just let them grow from there because they, 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 it's hard for them to get transplant and different things. So I would just do it that way myself. And I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to try and chat with Bill. Good morning, Bill. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, yeah. How can I help you? Well, I've got, um, I tried growing some cucumbers last year. Okay. And uh, did fit really well with them indoors. Um, and I texted you a picture of what they made it to last year. And I'm, I planted these this year um, just right at the end of November. Okay. And What's your last two numbers of your phone number? Seven five. Seven five. Okay. I'll just scroll them through and see if I can see them. Yeah, there it is. There we go. Yeah. There you are. So, nice. Yeah. yeah. So they ended up getting, like, I've got them in a pot now. The pot's like a 10-inch a pot that's like a foot deep. Yeah. And um, just transplanted them into that. And that's what they got to last year. And they were producing, you know, like 14-inch long English cucumbers that were just gorgeous. But the issue I had is they, they outgrew the stake and the trellis that I had. And then I don't know what to do with it. If I can trim the top or you, you, you can, gotta... yeah, you can trim the top and then it'll just thicken out, but they, they, they do have a lifespan as well. So like you sort of need to change out the plants probably every four months or something like that. If you're growing them inside or maybe, okay. maybe not, maybe every five months, something like that. Um, or just replenish the soil because they are heavy feeders or continue to feed. Um, because to produce, you got to think you got to produce all those, all that foliage, and then also to get the fruit going, it's just it, it's a little bit tough. So you got to uh, ensure that they're getting lots of food. But you can trim them back so the so it doesn't go up uh, and just keep going. Or if you go into a wider pot, like more of a window box, you can get a bit of a trellis going sideways instead. Okay. Yeah. So you might want to look at maybe a trough style pot a little bit for for those. I noticed even that one you have right in that picture behind you, it looks like it might be a little bit wider on a, a little bit more of a a raised bed. Something like that might work really well. So, yeah. and pure spray green works really good with cucumbers because it helps with powdering mildew and any of the spider mites and things that love cucumbers and stuff like that. So, okay, yeah, we I did fairly well with keeping them good. Um, awesome indoors but then as soon as i went to put them outside they they didn't uh, handle it very well the wind was just you know well, and that's the-, the problem it's our wind and especially depending if you try and put them out you almost have to wait till like mid-june uh, it's just again and putting them out there for a short time they got to get climatized because they're putting them out there and the leaves are just so soft and tender. And yeah. like you said, if you happen to put them on one of the days where you have a bunch of wind, like we get here, it's just and in the early morning, that wind just has that little bit of ice in it. And it just, it can fry plants. I've seen it so many times. It just, just, and it doesn't take long. It just sucks everything out of it. So. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Okay. Very good. Well, as always, enjoy the show. It's awesome. What Thank you, do you so it. much. I uh, I enjoy doing it, and I find myself very fortunate. Uh, lots of people up on Sunday with me. We're chatting, so <laughs> uh, lots of fun. Thank you so much, Bill. Oh. All right. Take care. Thanks. All right. And I had someone else asking earlier um, about starting geraniums, and they were thinking they would start them earlier than January. 
Um, I, I for January for for geraniums, I wouldn't start too early unless you are growing a whole bunch and you need the space, and you're just too much time. I, like I would start most of my seeding when you get into February, March. You're going to get lots of growth out of it because stuff you're starting in January with the short days and everything. Unless you're supplementing light and doing it that way, it's not going to go any faster. So if you start seeding in february march the days are a lot longer the lights longer it's warmer everything's going to germinate quicker and, and go a lot faster on that way so i did get uh dwight was uh he just texted back someone who wants to do the cbd so what you do is you dry the dry the leaves in the oven <laughs> soak with everclear so I think that's like a rubbing alcohol type thing, I think. Put in the freezer overnight and then put the soaked leaves through a meat grinder and most of the liquid will fall into the tray and the leaf grinds can be put into a cheesecloth and squeeze the rest out. Put the liquid in a coffee pot warmer until you get the right thickness and most of the alcohol will steam off. Well, there you go. And then you end up with CBD oil. There you go. So just... I would yeah, just be careful on that for sure. And here I got a couple more texts that I'm going to go through because I think we're having a couple of challenges on the phone line. This beefsteak tomato has been growing on my deck. Was no, oh no, that was that was from before. Good morning, Merle. With a wedding happening outside in September, is it too late to take cuttings from my geraniums for decent blooms in September? Anything special? No, and that's sort of what I was saying. If you if you start taking cuttings in February, that's Typically, when we used to always do them in the garden center, we would because you get new growth starting now. So what I would do is, if you have some geraniums at home, I would just cut them back a bit right now, and transplant the the geranium, get it growing, and then by by the time you get to mid February, you're going to get a bunch of new growth, and those are the ones that make real nice cuttings because you have that nice tender tissue, and the, and uh, start them then. And you'll have no issues. You'll be able to grow lots of geraniums by that time, and uh, and it'll be totally fine. And here we go. Hi, great show every week. Is there a carrot seed that prevents or resists carrot fly? Um, not particularly, but we do have the row covers. So, uh, and this is something it, they look like you know the little hoops from a croquet set, and we sell it in a kit. So you just put that right over top of your row, and it really keeps it warm as well. And it'll keep those uh, rusts or the, the carrot flies off of them. And, uh, and But it will also, if you want to, some people want to start putting things in a bit early, it really helps warm the soil up and, uh, and go on from there. There's a few more texts I'll answer are just as I go here. But this, we're at the end of the show here. So I just want to thank everybody. And uh, until next week, we'll get our garden on right here at 770 CHQR.